Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Journey Now podcast by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, please visit journeytn.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Journey Now podcast. Michael Leary here. Kevin Dixon is out of town. And so when the mouse is away, the squirrels will play. Yeah. Or when the cat's away, the mm. dogs will slay. Mm. Wow. Or boys rule and girls drool, baby. I'm sorry, I don't Susie. think so. Okay. All right. None of those is true. But today we have a packed yes. freaking table today. Yes. We got Robert Joe Gonzalez. Yes. His real middle name. He yes. just told us. Yeah. Followed yeah. by five seconds of silence as we processed the joining of Robert and Gonzalez with the middle Joe. Well, no, 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 to no, no, be no. fair. I, to be fair. I found this out probably four years ago that my middle name was supposed to be Joseph because I'm a junior. Well, what yeah. happened? My dad's name is Robert Joseph Gonzalez. Yeah. So what happened? They messed up. And Who I didn't, messed up? My dad messed up. <laughs> on his own name? He just put Joe on the, when he was filling out the form. <laughs> he didn't so even know. Name. He didn't even know until four years ago that my middle name was Joe. And I had to show him my driver's license and then he busted out laughing. He was like, dude, that's a mistake. So welcome. Wow. Okay. Well, you know you can change it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, no, I'm not saying to. you should. I'm just saying if it bothers you. Yeah. No, it doesn't bother me. Well, it yeah, didn't bother me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were kind of reluctant to share it with us. Well, that's what the silence was. So he's like, you guys, I'm not telling you my middle name. No way am I telling it. And then, you know, we're saying, oh, we'll give you five, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then he says, okay, okay, okay. It's Joe. And I think I was trying to process in the five seconds of silence. Like, yeah. uh, what what's bad about is that bad about it? No, no, it's the it's the combination between Robert and Joe and <laughs> so Bobby, Bobby Joe, Joe or yeah. Okay. Others. Yep. Yeah. So we have also with us today Susan. Nope. <laughs> nope. I've never thought of calling her Susan nope. before. I did, I did what I nope. walked in today. <laughs> when you walked in today? Yeah, I called you Susan. I'm like, hey Susan, and you didn't say a word, so I thought, oh that's Oh, really I didn't acceptable. even notice. No, not yeah. Is that acceptable. a thing, Susan? Oh, oh no, say it. Not oh. Let's thing. hear it. Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah. Okay. So on your birth certificate, what's oh, no. the name? We're going to get into that. I love it. Well, hey, he started it. I don't I know if I it. need all the dear listeners knowing this. Okay. But I don't know if I know your middle. Do you have a middle name? Oh, my name? gosh. Zara. This Zara. is not a quick answer to your question. Do you okay. really okay. want to get into Zara. that? Zara. I don't want to make Zara. you go there. Yeah. yeah. Zara. 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 Which is beautiful. That's which a, means beautiful. Which means fierce. What is, beautifully fierce. What does yeah. Joe mean? And fiercely beautiful. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Sasha Thank fierce. <laughs> yeah, Zara. That's short for Zara. Zara. Okay. Salar Bazadi. That's is my right. last name. Yeah. No middle name. Yeah, yeah, we don't do that. So yeah. I was named Susie because when I was born, my grandma would hold me and she would sing the song Wake Up Little Susie to me. Mm. Oh, So come they just on. always called me Susie. That's, that's never not a wrong on story. any official documents. It is when you're growing up in school and every first day of school, you have to explain to people Zara, why your right. name is not Zara Salar Bazadi. And then you have to go into the whole thing. So then when I got married, I made Zara my middle name. Because that's oh, why I'm saying it. you can change it. your you name. Change it's it. not oh, that okay, hard. That's fair. Right, so like I changed it to Susie Zara Bazadi Lind because I was also yeah. having some trouble letting go of my last name. Sure. But now it's just too much. So it's okay. just Susie Lind. No. It's fine. No, no, no. no. Gosh, no, no, no. Right. Susie P. Lind. According to Seth, if it is Susie P. Yes. Lind. We mm-hmm. don't know why. I didn't know that that was a... I always yeah. thought it was Susie P. Lind. No, no, no that's it's Seth actually just made Susie that up. B. Lind. Yeah, but so he didn't know that. He no. just made that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was in the ballpark, so we just let it go. Sure. Mike, what's your middle name? My name is Carl. So, 
What, Michael Carl? Erie? What's wrong with that? That didn't have five seconds of silence. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Joe? You're going to laugh at my name? Really? Robert Gonzalez. What's your middle name? Joe? Okay. I wasn't expecting Carl. What were you expecting? Yeah, I don't know. Like, cutie? What? I don't know. Carl, dude. I don't know. Okay. Michael James? Yeah. MJ? Of course. That's pretty sweet. Of course. Whatever. Bobby Joe? <laughs> Just two first? I don't know. Tim, what's your middle name? What, I'm, really? I'm Hold on. What are you making on. fun of? <laughs> Robert Joe? How, on See, what this basis? is why I don't yes. tell people. On yeah, yeah. What, you laughed at my middle name. <laughs> yeah. On what basis does Robert Joe have anything to say to Michael Carl? No basis whatsoever. Hey, Michael Carl, can you say, I feel blank when you... <laughs> yeah, I feel to Bobby like you're Joe. being a jerk right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and uh, Timothy John Timmons. It's John? No. TJ? No. <laughs> no? Timothy Howard. Timmons. Yes. Howard? Yeah, talk yeah. about oh, a Oh, you're not laughing at that. It's strong. It, it is feels not right. strong. It Howard, feels right. It's yeah, if you're 1950. Is your dad's middle name Howard My also? dad's real name is Howard. Oh. Yeah. So, that, so, so he so. was... Go no, ahead. No, let me say this. <laughs> My dad's name was Carl. So I, I get the middle name of Carl, right? Just the way you got the middle name of Howard. Yeah, and, yeah. For, and in both cases, I think Tim and I are grateful mm. to our fathers for recognizing <laughs> that it needed to be moved to the middle name. Uh, okay, but your ahead. dad doesn't go by Howard. No, no, he... No. Nope. So he's Howard Timothy Timmons. Howard Edwin Timmons. So oh. where did the he nurses get... when he was a baby in the hospital, mm-hmm. kind of like Susie, the mm-hmm. nurses called him Timmy, short for Timmons, and the parents were like, ooh, we already named him, but why don't we name him that? So they called him Timmy. Yeah. Timmy so Timmons. he was called Timmy Timmons, but not his name. Can and we? Then, but you were called Timmy Timmons. Yes, and that's that's like calling me. Can we call you Tim? Susan? I, we do call you Susan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's why I stopped the joke. I was like, well, you know what? I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, some people call me Timmy. I'm like, well, I'm angry inside. I'll smile at you, but it's like when you pat my head. Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like bald people. Ke- I thing? should tell Kevin. Kevin does it all the time, but it's Kevin, so I'm like, yeah. I love him so much. It doesn't he matter. He pats your head. You know when people like you're bald, so they think that you can, they can just like palm your head like, hey. I, I'm. I think. Well, I'm you're like eight feet tall. tall. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I'm too tall for that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, people will rub my belly, and I find that offensive. <laughs> yes. Has okay. anyone tried to pat your head and rub okay. your belly? No, nope, just the one. Just the one. Seth Erie loves. That's just exploring all of the stomach. <laughs> His like, stomach or yours? My stomach. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, I think our first intro is better. It's awful. <laughs> The, yeah, Susie cut our first intro. Yeah, you guys, it was so good. It was so good. Joe Mama jokes. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Robert Joe I'll have Mama. you know when I'm not on this podcast, people ask me when I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. You you do provide a, what, shall we Safety? say, a kind of a, a safe mm. and secure presence. Mm. Uh, a Zara presence. A Zara. Well, sometimes. And then the other yeah. times a Susie presence. Yeah. Because p- what people don't know is that sure. Susie Lind has two faces. Oh, gosh. The oh. Susie face and the Zara face. Ooh. And not many have seen the Zara face. Yeah. I'm considering Privileged? myself lucky yeah. to have seen the Zara face yeah. when so I called have, her Susan. We have Tom Tommins. <laughs> Tom Tommins. We have Zara. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Miguel? Yeah, Miguel. I mean, that's, you know, and you would know. Um, <laughs> this is Spanish <laughs> for Michael. <laughs> What's Spanish for Carl, Robert? Does anyone call you Miguel besides Rob? <laughs> What's Spanish for Carl, Robert? Hey, Siri. Carlos. 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 There it is. There it is. There is it. that true? Is that true? I came a little late. Sorry. Oh, 
<laughs> that was like an eight minute after you said Carlos. <laughs> anyway, we're all glad to be together. Yes. We, are. Set. we are centered. Yes, we are centered on a set today, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Now, because we're all ex-volleyball players, when we yes. hear the word set, often yes. we think of sports analogies. Yeah. But we are using centered set in yep. a completely, completely different yeah. way. Bump set spike. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to bump set spike this sermon series yeah. on centered sets. It's called centered, but it's about centered sets. S-E-T. Yes. Ooh. To be very clear. Thank you very much. Key. It is It is very key. Although we may do part two of this series. <laughs> yeah. Depending on how it goes. <laughs> All right. So, oh, and so the eighth good. grade boys just showed up. No, 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 no. they've been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they've been here the whole time. Did they? Did they just show up? Yeah. And what's, what makes Susie, let's brag about Susie for just a second. Susie Lind lives with more testosterone. Right. Yes. Than the, and yet her one feminine presence balances five. Can you explain boys. what you mean by that? Yeah. Oh, well, well she lives that. with so much testosterone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't want to, you know, talk about this, but mm. she has a husband <laughs> yeah, and she has four boys. Right, right. And so you add that up and you got five boys. Yeah. And last I checked, mm. testosterone, I mean, male and female has testosterone. I'm not an expert. Is your yeah. dog a boy? Yes. Wow. I mean, there is literally mm-hmm. no other feminine presence, but, but somehow Susie balances yeah. all of that yeah, yeah, out yeah. simply yeah. by being her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she also has a look that's kind of like, there's the Susie look and the Zara look, but then there's... Well, I was told last night when I was saying that I was talking to Daniel and Gabby, they were at my table last night, and they, of all the people at our table, them and another couple know me the best. And they said, I said something like, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep my mouth shut about some things like when it came to parenting adults and stuff like that and daniel goes well yeah but you can't keep your face shut <laughs> <That's all. laughs> yeah so yep. apparently well you have a mom you have <clears throat> a mom face of a mom of boys face hmm. that we often see in this context yeah <laughs> So yeah. that's why yeah, was, yeah. That, that was a very long explanation to get to that point. Yeah. And Got it. Which is very centered set. <laughs> yeah. So speaking <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, set is also a card game for mm. math. I didn't know this, but my mm. wife is a math teacher, and there's a game called set, mm. where you identify sets of different shapes and numbers. It's awful. Mm. Uh, and it's the reason why math teachers often live alone. Um <laughs> Did you guys hear that wheeze? That He's laughing funny. at his own bit. He's laughing at his own bit. I just don't uh, even, I'm so lost. Okay, so <laughs> the series that we just started is we're not referring to volleyball or math card games. A set uh, is uh, set theory was yep. applied to uh, missiology by a guy named Paul Hybert or Hebert. I think. He's what German. is missiology? Missiology is Great how question. it is that we can effectively reach people with the good news of Jesus okay. in a way that uh, doesn't violate the cultural norms of those people and gets it hearing at least. And um, and so Paul, I don't I don't remember if it was an Indian culture or a Muslim culture. But, but he was wrestling with the question of how do you know when someone becomes a Christian? And in, a, in a, another culture, someone might say they worship Jesus, but mean something completely different mm-hmm. by the Jesus they're referring to. Well, where does that stack up? And so he turned to set theory, uh, which is a way to try to define how groups can coexist together. 
Anyway, that work got channeled by a guy named Mark Baker, um, who's, I think, Fresno State University. Um, and I, he had wrote a paper years and years and years ago on this that I found fascinating. He finally wrote a book on it, which we've all read, and we're going to take our church through. And, and in essence, Baker and Hybert distinguish between bounded sets, which are sets with clearly defined and universal lines that tell you who's in and who's out. Versus fuzzy sets who don't like line drawing at all. And what unites a fuzzy set is the commitment to not draw lines. Mm -hmm. And then when you jump off of the line drawing paradigm altogether, what Baker and Hybert recommend or advocate for is something called centered sets, which group belonging is measured not by a line um, or the lack of a line, but rather by an orientation and a relationships towards some identified center. The examples we used were of a soccer, like soccer club, where as a bounded set, you would have all sorts of hoops you had to jump through to be part of a club soccer team. You'd have birth certificate checked and all the things. But yeah, um, to be good. You'd have to, yeah, you would have tryouts, mm -hmm. you would have uniforms, the whole thing. And it was very clear who was in, who was out. Right. Uh, fuzzy set uh, as an example we were talking about youth camp because yeah, we just I take had offense youth to that. actually I'm glad you brought that up you are a fuzzy set when people look at your face <laughs> that was pretty funny <laughs> I was like, I was sitting in the back and I'm like wow I feel attacked yeah okay. yeah right. youth camp continue yeah well my point was I've spoken at youth camps where they have one big field and it shares yeah soccer goals on one you know going one direction football and baseball and a basketball court and it's just this Hawaiian punch mush of yeah we won't talk about that wow. we um of this there's big mush of people kind of coming in and out of all the activities and you don't really know it's total chaos you don't know who's playing what sport um and that would be an example of a fuzzy set and a centered set is the example we used was just saying hey some of us are going to go at three o'clock to Smith Park. We're going to set up some soccer goals and we're going to play soccer. And so then the group of people that you would identify would be all of those who re relationally and directionally orient their lives around showing up at three o'clock to play soccer. The center of that group is soccer. So if somebody tries to play rugby, we're like, no, no, no we're going to play soccer. But the it's an invitational way of, of understanding group identity around somebody's orientation to an agreed upon center. So in that case, the agreed upon center is, hey, we're gonna play soccer. You don't have to be good. You don't have to pay anything. You don't, we're not wearing uniforms, but we are playing soccer. So there, there are pluses to each of these kind of uh, practices and ways of doing groups, right? If like Costco membership is a bounded group, bounded groups aren't necessarily bad and bounded, groups are different than boundaries. Boundaries can be very good things. Bounded lines or bounded boundaries are lines that communicate exclusion, that communicate identity statements about either me as being inside or you as about being outside that communicate, can often communicate judgment or self-righteousness. Um, and so we're talking about bounded as a bad thing. And so too with fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy groups um, it's really vague who's in and who's out. It's really vague what's required to be a part of the group. A lot of this is unspoken. It's kind of a don't ask, don't tell sort of thing. And, and in my experience, I've lived in churches that do both of these, right? The bounded churches that have a lot of rules and a lot of, um, 
even even around the culture of the church, right? We don't. We're a church that just doesn't believe in drinking. We're a church that doesn't believe in cussing. We're a church that doesn't whatever. Um, a, a, alongside like bigger boundaries, like hey, you've got to be baptized to be a part of our church. You've got to go through a membership class to be a member. Those aren't necessarily. We are charismatic. You yeah, you have be... to have have um, yeah. you know, been baptized by the Spirit, or you have mm-hmm. to believe. Tongues, or... yeah. yeah, or you have to believe in the five points of Calvinism, or whatever. And not that any of those things are bad in and of themselves, but it's when they're used to distinguish the insiders from the outsiders that they become problematic. And so a whole bunch of us were raised in churches like that, me as, as, as well. And so it's very easy for me to go into kind of a fuzzy set church, which um, doesn't have a lot of demands or expectations or a lot of hoops. Uh, we're not talking a lot about controversial things that could have the potential to divide us. We're just kind of all in agreement that the lines are bad and um, we should have the kind of right to pursue at our own pace in our own way, according to our own preference and desire. And again, that avoids all the problems with the lines, but it also enshrines the autonomous individual as the arbiter of discipleship, repentance, you know, everything else in the Christian life. Um, And so both of those approaches to group identity can be harmful, but particularly when you find them in churches. And so what Baker and Hybert argue and what we're going to suggest, of course, is that the center set approach with Jesus as the center of a diverse community that consists, the church consists of all of those who are in the process of reorienting their lives towards Jesus. And the, the the hard thing is that that doesn't look the same for everybody. Right. So you could have somebody that's very religious, but actually turned away from Christ. You could have somebody that's very ir- irreligious, but is actually opening themselves up to Jesus. They just don't maybe not even have language for that yet. Mm-hmm. And so center set theory prevents us from trying to create arbitrary lines in order to label and classify people. And it allows the gravity well that is the center to kind of do the work in drawing people towards it. Um, so that was just basic mm-hmm. review. Yep. And spurred on loads of questions. Um, it, on, on the one hand, this is a very simple set of concepts to initially grasp. On the other hand, how it works out in actual human communities gets really complicated. Really complicated. Mm-hmm. Because we had, we had just a, a boatload of great and incredible questions that came in um, around this. Um, And and some of those we'll explore kind of as we go on, but there were some that really stood out to us. Yeah, the one that stood out to me the most is um, this one. It's really deeply theological. Hmm. Pastor Mike. Yep, I love who? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, let me. I don't know who that is. Well, my name's Mike. This person and, and has probably a high view of church. Oh, yes. Based on the question they're about to ask. Pastor or, Mike. yeah. Why do you always wear black? It's a great mm. question. Mm. I was wondering the same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's see. We're all wearing black today. Yep. Yeah. Let me just look around. I'm it's not, not just black. black. This is gray. Yeah. Charcoal. But gray, gray is a shade of black, is yeah. it not? Yeah. No. So it's blackish. Uh, Mike, I feel like you're avoiding the question. Okay. <laughs> That's right. This is very personal. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I was going to respond for you, but then I thought, what were you? What was that you really say? the question? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That's... Um, and I think I've made this joke, but it is actually true. There was somebody once at Mariner's Church in California, 
where I had the audacity to wear non-black and then black. <laughs> and somebody said, no, black, black is more slimming. Mm. And that's all I needed to hear uh. to dress in black the rest of my life. Yeah. So, and it also, I also, so I wear the same outfit every, yep. every week. Can I go into that just for yes. a second? Um, so uh, beige shorts, black shirt, flip flops. And there is a there's a reason for that because I I've been at churches that are very, like very focused on how you look when you're up front, and and you man you've got to you've got to mm -hmm. really look put together, and I was at a, a community that was so focused on that, um that that there was there were all sorts of judgments about what people would wear up front whether they were leading worship or whatever and so i just decided well i think that's about the dumbest thing i've ever heard so i'm going to wear the exact same outfit outfit forever and so i have two black shirts one pair of beige shorts you have one pair yeah wow i mean they get washed once yeah. a week i mean they're only worn right yeah you know they're not worn Some, often yeah yeah that's my sunday best yeah but there is there was there is a little bit of that energy like you know when we read about pastors having you know eight hundred dollar sneaker brands and designer clothes I just think in our sort of oh everything just has to be beautiful and excellent I like kind of like the idea of having a dumpy looking dude up front and saying well you know if that's important to you you're gonna have to go somewhere else the nice thing is we counter that with Susie. And mm. Tim and Kevin, mm. who are stylish, mm. um, and Tim oh. is well known for his forty dollars sneaker collection. Mm. True, I mean, absolutely true. Forty dollars. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not here. It's okay. No, no, no. you wear black. Don't pretend like you're not yeah, like back this, in black. Look at the sneaker game. That's all he's saying. Oh, the sneaker, sneaker game. game? I'm just yeah. saying. Oh well, are, well those are okay. So the, I don't know anything about Jordans. Are those Jordans? Those, I don't know. It's not a big deal. Okay. Wow. Don't worry about yeah. it. How Question number two. Okay, no. Now, in all seriousness, there's another question here. There that were was, actually, there I, were I thought some, that was serious. I mean, well, probably was, well, yeah. Can I ask a quick question? And I have great about, legs. About your clothes, though? No, I have great legs. You Why do. would you light yeah. a you candle do. and mm. put a bowl over it? Mm. No. Uh, oh, gosh. Do you get a lot of, like, uh, even new people where you go to different areas where you preach, like, you get a lot of people asking about your clothes. Oh, he I do. he dresses up when he goes other places. Well, and he wears jeans sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, I'll sometimes put jeans on, but the same black shirt. Yeah. Do you ever like dream about wearing something different? No, that's really valid. You yeah. know, one of the marks of mm. genius that I've read about on Facebook is, <laughs> is is that very smart people make the like ordinary decisions they make those just routine so they never have to think about it yeah. oh. so they can use their brain power wow. for other wow. things that makes sense well i don't know if it's true but i like to think it could be so you know Susie, i um no i uh i don't really don't think about it which is great and i like i like that that not here in tennessee as much as it was in southern california but that sort of just kind of says yeah i think the whole thing's dumb yeah you know? Oh, I think it's a big yeah. thing here in Tennessee for sure. You think? Mm -hmm. yeah. I haven't. I have not been to another church in Tennessee yet. Me either. And I, I don't want to. You haven't? No. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Wow. Wow. Church shaming. That's bound. Yeah, it feels bound bounded yeah. to me. I'm bound that. Speaking of bounded, I feel like you're bounded by question? not going anywhere else. I mean. Wow. Okay. See you guys later. <laughs> Some people call that a cult. <laughs> I think I have. I just don't remember. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've warned other yeah. things too. I just don't yeah. remember. Okay, go ahead, Susie. What do you got? Okay. 
The center set church sounds nice, yeah, says this in theory, person. Totally. But can't that lead to an isolationist approach? By isolationist approach, I mean, do we just go to the soccer game and let other people come? Or do we recruit new players for the soccer team? Curious what the balance is. Oh, great. What do you so guys, good. Yeah, what do you guys think? I don't really understand what isolationist approach means. I mean, he explains it a little bit, but... Yeah, center set just an internal mechanism for the church to orient itself, or is there? A pl- it sounds like is there a place for like evangelism yeah, or something? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, does that strike you as? Well, when he clarified it, yeah, that made sense to me. And and just thinking about how you, I mean, this was this a missiologist came up with this. Like right. that's the goal, right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it it actually is much more friendly mm-hmm. to people who are on the outside of faith yeah because there there aren't the hoops because uh, very often what we communicate to people is you have to but before you even belong to our church you have to belong to our subculture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you come into the church through the subculture mm-hmm. and so we're trying to minimize all of those do you think he or she means insular like it's we are just about us christian people or is it i don't i mean uh i would think the the sentence or the question asking do we recruit new players for the soccer team would be like for the outsiders which the word recruit kind of yeah it throws me off throws me off yeah. because i don't i don't really see it as a recruitment model as yeah. much as it is like a an, a welcoming model like yeah. a hospitable model i don't recruit people to eat dinner with my family Right. Right. I invite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that, that yeah. and I'm sure they'd be comfortable. So with how, yeah, how totally. does this, how does center set work with evangelism? Yes. I mean, well, first of all, I think, I think the American church should do less evangelizing because we're a lot of what we're evangelizing people into isn't like the thing that Jesus died to create. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine mm-hmm. with us just saying, Hey, for five years, Let's try it. Let's just work on like having the church get its act together. I'm cool with that. And I think that would do more evangelizing than right. all the mm-hmm. inviting. But the the predominant orientation of the New Testament is that the church is the witness. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the life of the church is so countercultural that that it serves almost as a like a slight magnet pulling people into mm-hmm. its orbit. And the idea behind center set is that the the role of the church is to clarify and embody the center so if the center is jesus and everyone's going to say jesus we have to mean what and who and how jesus life looks like in this context Mm -hmm. and as people reorient themselves towards that and around that the work of the community is such that um it becomes noticed in very natural unrecruiting kind of ways and it provides a compelling counterexample to what people have experienced in other places. Now, do I, I would do I would I want people to invite other people to uh, a bounded church? No, because I don't think that's what the church should be like, or even a fuzzy church. No, I would want people to like not be willing to settle for anything other than a centered kind of set church. Not that we've arrived or whatever, but um, so so when I talk about like I don't. I'm not always a big fan of us evangelizing people into some forms of Christianity. That's true. I don't think we should. But if we're saying, listen, 
centered set is a way of understanding the gospel of Jesus and the way it plays out in a local community that does feel healthier than some of the places I've experienced, people should totally feel welcome to invite into that. Am I but they're, but they're inviting people into the center. Right. That's it's, the difference. Thank you. It's Tim. not into the it, this it's identity the, of... Right. Of, or a place or an yeah. organization right. or a club to be a part of. That's it's right. inviting them toward the center to be oriented toward the center. Thank you. I was fishing around for <laughs> what you just said in two seconds. Um, I was thinking about soccer. I played soccer. Don't worry about that. Oh, the, I'm sorry. You goalkeeper? Um, it's fine. I was a goalkeeper. In um, college. But in, in college. So we, uh, in college, had a certain set of rules for soccer. AYSO has a certain set of rules for soccer. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yep. Uh, the MLS mm-hmm. has their own. The yep. FIFA has their rules. Yep. That's so really, that's interesting. I was thinking about that for the analogy of, you know, all analogies somehow break down. But it's kind of... To important. identify the, the center. like Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it comes down to the question of that's going to be tough in these next few weeks. And everybody's going to have these, this question is, okay, so how do we clarify what the center is? Yeah. Uh, what's it mean to follow Jesus? Because you just said what the gospel. Yeah. But all of us in every single church totally. in this community will have a different um, definition of what gospel is. Well, and we all have a different point of view of Jesus based on how it was how he was totally. presented to us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's 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 much mm-hmm. easier to even use center set language, but actually create a bunch of boundaries around the Jesus that we're talking right. about. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and there's a room for that. I mean, there's room for healthy boundaries in terms of there, there are certain, and Paul has no problem calling out unaligned behavior, but what he's inviting people to isn't the church as much as it is to Jesus and then his reflection in and through this church, not a 501c3 organization. Right. You know what I mean? With programs mm-hmm. and such. So is that does that feel like we're fishing better water? I think so. I mean I think I think the like the more I read over the question, you know, I his like do we recruit new players or or do we just go to the soccer game and let people come? Like what's you know, are we just existing? And if people show up, great. And if they don't, you know, which, you know, the other, there's another question that kind of. What do you think? I got a lot of thoughts. Oh. But I want to hear. No, 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 I want you to. Yeah. No, I just, um, I'm sitting here going like, uh, I mean, obviously we read this book. We've heard this concept. And I'm like, how, you know, if we took a hundred churches, right. And we said, you know, are you aligned to the center? I would say 99% of them, if not all of them would say, yeah, totally. Of course. And yet they're bounded fuzzy all over the place. Even I would say our experience journey. Absolutely. And so how do we get this wrong so often? Oof. I have a thought. Like even the same Jesus that we all read about the gospel, like, Mm -hmm. and how he lived his life. We don't even see eye to eye on what Jesus would do. On how to read it. Like yeah. even when we read it, like there's people who read it, read the gospels and they, they see a, you know, an angry, you know, offensive Jesus. Yeah. And then yeah. there's other people who read a warm and welcoming. Like Jesus I've heard arguments and, like if Jesus yeah. was, you know, alive today, he would own a gun and, blah, blah, and all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And like he would be, if he, yeah, just crazy things. And I'm like, uh, we're, it's almost like the center's a moving target, you know, for I think a number of people. That's a great question. Yeah. And I think we're going, hey, this is this is the the place. This is the where we're basing everything off of, which I think many places and communities do. 
But I think so often, like the center doesn't look the same everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. What? How do we clarify the yeah. center? I was at Home Depot so yesterday, like, and this the guy that was helping me, um, he starts talking about um, doesn't even matter. But he was he's a gun holder, which is great if you guys are gun hold. You know, all the, who cares what you guys believe? But the way he was going about it was Jesus was a guy who wanted to just come in and like kill some people, like. And that's just how he saw Jesus. That was so. If he's orienting himself toward the center, his center looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking a lot, so I'm trying not to. No, I just so good, Rob. Yeah. It's the question of I'm like even in these conversations with people that may align in a different center. Yeah. I'm like I don't even know how to begin in conversation, not saying that you need to come to quote unquote, like my center or journey center. Yeah. Right. Like how do we even begin this conversation when we're like, we're not even on the same field. That is what leads me to an isolationist approach. Oh, that. Huh. because wow. that makes me in my, yep. you know, darkness. Zara. Zara. Yeah. It, it makes me want to be like, forget it. I'm just going to like yeah. hunker in with yeah. my people yeah. and, yep. and, do my relationship with God, and I don't even want to mess with those people who yeah. think that that's what Jesus would do. Okay, so then, then we, you know, we I'm start just drawing. My of course, sin I'm here. with you. Like I'm, I'm so, you <laughs> heard even how I said that. Okay. You know, I, I even told that story mm-hmm. biased. Um, but you know, then I'm drawing circles. So is the difference that I would put? I love that that bounded is putting an identity on these people. Yes, as in out, mm-hmm. good, bad. Which I then do to yeah yeah that totally. person that was really powerful too mm-hmm. by the way the when when you at at the end all the you talked circles, about yeah. your own your totally. own lines that you draw yeah because we I totally resonate with that yeah, I me too. like you just said I just drew a line yeah but I mean mm-hmm. I, I wonder if bounded and this is I'm talking out loud if if centered is just we can still agree to disagree on some of the nuances of fifa rules versus ayso rules we can agree to disagree on some of those but i'm not going to be the one who's giving you a name and saying you're out that's right so it's just okay great this let's just keep reorienting ourselves toward the center and as jesus people if i disagree with you let's just keep talking about the center i mean that that could be a healthy conversation about guns totally and killing people and jesus and how how does that work yeah and that if we could if we're actually centered yeah. That we could actually have a healthy conversation in That's that right. spot. That's it. So, yes. So, th- I love your, um, let's explore that um, down the road about the different rules. But it's all soccer. So, it's all variations on soccer. Yeah. So, there is there is some point when you're not playing soccer. And there is some point when you're not talking about Jesus. Right, right. So, we there are boundaries. The second thought was about why it's so easy to to do this. This was true. There was confusion about Jesus when he was here. Yeah, totally. And so right. you had Jesus being approached in bounded ways, in fuzzy ways, and how he responded. Same with Paul. Is a, Those are fascinating case studies. Um, so the fact that we misunderstand it doesn't throw me because they were misunderstanding when mm-hmm. he was walking around. Mm-hmm. The, the third thought about why it's easy. This is true from the Pharisees. Uh, on right it's it's easier because it's clear yeah it doesn't require us to trust anything other than the line bounded being bound and having lines is easier easier because i trust the line yeah i I don't have to trust god yep and we all trust the same line absolutely yeah i prayed a prayer 
right? I accepted Jesus in my heart. I believe that doctrinal statement. I had an experience. Like none of that is faithing in God, right? Faithing in God is saying, you know, I'm not sure, but I actually trust that he's good and will, because of my fledgling, stumbling, minor orientation to Jesus, work that out. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's, so it's, that's way too scary. So it's just much easier to have a bunch of lines. And then when you see how harmful those can be, we're all like, eh, let's do the isolationist. Because Fuzzy really is the isolationist model, mm -hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not worried about you. I'm not interacting with you. I don't yeah. care about you, right? It's just live and let live yeah. together in a church community. That's the isolationist model. The centered model, and, and the diagram that we drew doesn't show this, but the arrows affect each other right, as they're orienting towards Jesus. And so, and Jesus is, is like pursuing us, so it's not just one direction. So yeah, the, the metaphor and the drawings that were used fall short. Um, but I, I do, I don't want to give up hope that there is a, a way forward in saying not all centers are equally faithful mm. to the picture of Jesus in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. And there are better ways of reading the text than others. And uh, a community that's willing to entertain the possibility that they're not reading Jesus faithfully is already right. set up yeah. for a better embodiment of Jesus than communities who are utterly sure uh, of their reading of Jesus. And so um, I think one of the ways you clarify the center is how you talk about the Bible. And if the Bible is the literal... Um, flat mm. reading that we all inherited, then then the center is going to look a lot different mm -hmm. than if you have a, a much more nuanced view of what the Bible's up to, right? Um, so so, and, and and you're absolutely, you guys are absolutely right in the sense that we don't want to draw lines around people who have different centers, but there is room to prophetically call things out that's saying, hey, this we've all agreed. Here's the rule book, right? We've got a book. And, and yeah, we've got 66 books, but that's really four. And I know people object, you know, already to like, you know, well, it's all e equally authoritative. Yeah, but it's not all equally relevant. Or it's not all equally important. And the Bible says that about itself. Mm -hmm. So the words of Jesus, they're in red for reason. And, um, and so when I'm having conversations with people who are, I just, I'm continually going, show me that. Just... Let's go into the text and mm -hmm. let's explore that. And what, you know, the vast majority of our opinions about the Bible don't come from the Bible, even right. remotely. They right. come from other places. And so the most important job of the church is calling people back to a way of reading the Gospels that, that puts Jesus at the center and allows the force of his words to call us to account. I love the way you just said that. So I'm going to go back and rewind what you just said right there because it's not calling us to the Bible because right. that's so ambiguous. It's the it's way so that we ambiguous. are seeing the Bible. That's that's it. That's it's it. the way that we're seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus through. And seeing yeah. the rest of the Bible through Jesus. Yeah, that's it. That's right. It versus seeing Jesus throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like there, you either come... I didn't come... Initially, I came at the text as the Bible as okay, Jesus is a small part of this story. Because look, there are so many books before he shows up and so many books after he shows up. Um, and when Jesus himself says, no, no, you have to read the entire text 
around what just happened. Yeah. Right? That that means you don't read it flat anymore. Mm-hmm. What was for Israel was for Israel, not for America, mm-hmm. right? And not for me as a 21st century American, mm-hmm. right? That Like that there is there is something the Bible is doing far beyond telling a flat story that where all the parts are equally applicable, right? The Bible itself says that, that that's not how it's to be read. And, and, and so to me, the center requires at least an open conversation about how it is that we take this text that is authoritative and use it and understand it as an authoritative text, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So with the guy this past week or whatever, yesterday or the day before, if we were able to come into it and have a relationship and talk through, gosh, this is how you see this. This is where you get this. This yeah. is where I get this. Right. And we even at some point disagree, right. centered would be saying, I'm what? Centered would be saying, I refuse to label you, judge you, exclude you on the basis of my disagreement with you. Mm, okay, so I'm going to go a little further. So you've got a guy who came to me like a few years ago, you'll remember this, and he said, I think God told me to um, divorce my wife and go be with my um, old girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure he had some scripture to like help him <laughs> totally. do something, right? <laughs> totally, totally. And... So in that conversation, how right. does that work? When I'm not going to label him. Right. I'm not going to label him. I'm not going to exclude him. Um, but absolutely, we're not playing soccer anymore. Hmm. So I'm going to I'm gonna invite him back to soccer. You know? Because be- he would say the same thing to me. The, 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 the gun guy, if I said, man, I, yeah. I just don't see yeah. that... Yeah. in the way of Jesus. Yeah. Then let, and he'd be like, I actually see that in the way of Jesus. Yes. And here's where I see it. Here, here, here. Yes. So how do we how do we stay centered and curious? Right. So so the so if I were having a, that conversation and we had a relationship, uh-huh. the last thing I talk about is guns. I would want to hear everything about how they grew up, um how, what what they understand the Bible to be, the point of Jesus to be, the gospel they've received. Like I'd want all of yeah. the presuppositions that are being carried into that conversation. Yeah. So that so that though I could begin the conversation there. Mm. So so when Jesus talks about, you know, the, the big the big uh, verse that's quoted is Jesus said, you know, you can carry a sword. Yeah. And I'd want to talk about whether there are any times where Jesus uses the sword as a metaphor. Like or is everything literal in the Bible? Like is there anything mm-hmm. ever symbolic? Right, I mean, and I know that doesn't sound super exciting to us, but the, I'm trying to illustrate that I wouldn't. The gun conversation would be like so far down the road of just trying to say, yeah, yeah. So, what's your what's your religious upbringing like? Because obviously, there was something that that got thrown in there that got supercharged with Jesus language that we would say that's probably not aligned yeah. with the way of Jesus. But if I bound him, I've shut him off. Right. And if I if it's fuzzy, like with your divorce guy, yeah. then I haven't I'm not been responsible as a soccer player. Yeah. Right. Because we're playing soccer. Yeah. You're 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 going a different direction, my friend. And I'm yeah. I'm with you. I'm not excluding you. I'm not yeah. judging you. I'm not casting you out. But discerning together, like that's not soccer anymore. Mm-hmm. And if that's that that's what you choose, that's great. We can still be friends and whatever. But yeah. we're playing a different game now. So with with that guy, I would want to do just all of the like the excavation of other things before we ever got there. Because my guess is 
and studies have shown this, your view about like guns or race ties into a whole view of the whole story, the yeah. whole story and, and, and multiple political issues. And then if it's, well, just what verses of the Bible are we going to quote against each other? That's the wrong game we want to play. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see all over social media, mm -hmm. right? Hey, student loan forgiveness. Well, look, the year of Jubilee. And then another verse that says everyone should carry their own load. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, ah, yeah, we've missed the point. Yeah. That's the boundary game, mm. right? Whose center is the best? That's the boundary game. Mm. That's the boundary game. If I'm actually centered, I'm secure enough that I don't have to show this person that they're wrong. That I, all I do is invite I don't have to coerce. I don't have to manipulate. I just invite. Now, that crosses a line if their behavior harms the community. And that seems to be the test mm. for when we intervene. Mm. That there are, Which would be the guy who said he wants to leave his wife. That's right. His yeah. ex. Like, yeah, that's yeah. harming the community. That's yeah. right. The guy's political opinions about guns, that's not harming the community. Right. If a guy showed up to our church in full military kit with an, uh, you know, uh, an AR-15 and a pistol and said, hey, I'm just exercising my yeah. amendment rights. Like they did at Frothy Monkey last week. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I would say, hallelujah, we honor and respect your rights. Um, and there's no legal action that we would ever mm -hmm. take in that scenario. However, we think that's harmful for the community. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where you get into where I see Paul. I see Paul being centered um, both in the invitation and not not having hoops to jump through, but I also see him being centered in calling out behavior that harms the community. Yeah, that's going to be a whole other conversation. That is, yep. because it's so easy mm -hmm. to go bounded right yep. there. Yep, so easy to go bounded right yep. there. Yeah. I think the two things that stuck out, though, in what you said is relationship and community. Totally. Right? Having a relationship with somebody before you enter in a conversation like that. Mm -hmm. And then the impact on the community, which there's people... And not to get into the isolationist viewpoint, but there's people outside of this community that may have a different yeah. viewpoint. They're welcome to be a part of this, but but we're are, playing soccer. We're playing soccer in this community. That's and, and that's where that analogy does work. Is that listen, if you want to play football, go play football. That's great. But we're gonna we're playing soccer. This is just what we're doing. And there are good examples in the book of of like either Baker himself or other pastors who will just say like. Uh, one of the ways an Anabaptist would um, characterize the center is nonviolence. They would say that is an essential part of mm -hmm. the center for an Anabaptist. And he gave an, uh, gave an example of a, of a story where there was somebody who was not, <laughs> who was just fine <laughs> with violence, probably you know similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe to the person you were speaking with. And what the guy did out of security, the, the pastor of this community just said, listen, Let's explore the nonviolent Jesus together and see what happens. You're not condemned if you leave and you're not judged if you stay. Yeah. But for us, this is what soccer looks like. And even in Paul's communities, they had different forms of soccer going on. And Paul would, you know, mm -hmm. remind them, okay, hey, that's actually not soccer. Um, but the, but the security, the thing that I, I found to be true in centered communities and centered individuals is that there is a security that comes from not having to persuade or win arguments like i'm not threatened yeah the energy people energy level is so different so different mm -hmm. and um and so that's where i need to grow because i i have 
very strong opinions on what the center should look like, you know? Yes. But didn't Paul say, and maybe this is reading it pretty flat, because he's like, I had to get in his face yeah, to for Peter. Peter. Right, but what was Peter doing? He, he uses this interesting Greek word. He was not walking in line with the gospel. So it's a directional and relational word that he uses mm-hmm. there. So Paul, because Peter would say, we've both agreed to play soccer, right? Peter's not coming in going, hey, I'm exploring this soccer thing. Peter's like, no, no, I'm actually defining what soccer is. Mm-hmm. So because the misbehavior was harmful to the community and done in public, Paul has to rebuke him in public so that the Gentiles might be included. So to me, that's a perfect example of center set calling out because we've agreed, we both agreed we're playing soccer. It's not like Peter didn't agree. Yeah. And then secondly, Paul is using relational language saying, okay, the gospel that you yourself have, have preached isn't the one you're living. Right, right. right. You're living a different version. You're of living, yeah. yeah, you're living misaligned with the center. Mm-hmm. Now, in an honor-shame culture, he had to do it the way that he did. But mm-hmm. yes, it was very confrontational. Mm-hmm. And it should be, right? Even in our families, right? Our kids are our flesh and blood and their identities and their belonging and all the things. And yet, there are times when they're harming another or harming themselves and mm-hmm. we step in. That doesn't mean we've stopped being centered. Right. But it's easier to either be fuzzy and not step in or bounded to step in with rules and managing behavior. Right. Whereas if I'm centered, I can step in on a relational basis and a directional basis and a trajectory of someone's life rather than just trying to convince them that whatever thing they're doing right now is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Ooh-wee. All right. Mm-hmm. I got to go. Party? Multiple things. I said party? party. Yes. Wow. Emily. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode. It's brought now. to you by the letter J for Joe. Joe Mama. <laughs> Hi, Brad. I love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Journey Now podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. So please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast.